enemy is trying to, I'm not talking even Ru- Russia per, per se, but mm. um, uh, devil is trying to bring division into the body of Christ yeah. in various ways. Mm. And because of that, and people are tired and people are, um, they, they just, uh, there's too much. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, too much. Especially yeah. like in, at night when sirens would go on because there's a, a threat that missile would hit. Um, you can you don't have enough sleep. You mm-hmm. wake up during the night, and and it, it, all all of those things they just combine yeah. together, and general um, sense of stress and depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't help. Yeah. So with all that, we we need that unity. We need yeah. each other to support each other to pray for one another. Hey, uh, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Mission Extra. I'm here on location in Ternopil, Ukraine with Pastor Zhenya, Pastor Zhenya Chukushkin. I knew I was gonna mess it up. <laughs> so I can't pronounce these names, but uh, we're just great to be here. He, him and his family have been hosting uh, myself and John Markey and Nate Medlong, who's also with us on this trip and uh, just been a wonderful time with your family. We're just so grateful. And uh, we just got done doing uh, a prayer and worship evening here at the church. You can hear people still fellowshipping probably in the background and there might be people running in and out of our interview, but uh, we're leaving tomorrow to go back to Krakow. And so I wanted to get this this interview in. And, uh, but uh, let's just start kind of, you know, with who you are and how did you end up becoming one of the pastors here of Calvary Chapel Turnover? <laughs> Uh, well, um, <laughs> uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> uh, we can go as long as we need. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so, for me, um, it's, a, it's a long story. It's, um, I grew up in the um, um, home of a military communist. Uh, that's actually relative to the background of where, where we are right now. Uh, and um, I grew up in the Ternopil region was born here um i'm the only one who was born in ukraine all my all of my relatives they they were born they were born in russia and two of my older sisters they live in um in russia right now um and um so i grew up in a communistic environment atheistic environment not knowing anything about god not knowing anything about um gospel christ all those things um and in 1986 i get acquainted with missionaries why missionaries they came to our city i was 10 years old i cared about anything except for the things that uh, those missionaries can give me uh, my older brother he was 16 at the time um 17 at the time and um, it touched his life and there was dramatic changes in him and slowly I started to attend a uh, Pentecostal church that was in our city. Um, and when I was about 14, 15 years old, I happened to be in Kyiv um, at the youth conference. Uh, at that conference, the worship was led by Calvary Chapel Kyiv. Oh. <laughs> Love that thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was the best worship, Ukrainian worship, got the tapes, was listening to it nonstop. And that's um, started the process. Uh, I t- 
make this story short, we were praying uh, when I got we, we got married with my wife. Uh, we were in Chernobyl praying for the church, praying for what God has for us for future. And God gave an answer. In the morning, my wife was listening to music and praying, Lord, I wish there would be a church like this in Chernobyl. I'm at work receiving a call from a friend of mine who's saying he's standing at the embassy to Hungary and there's another two girls standing behind him saying that uh, they are, they know that George is coming to plant a church. And I know George. I met him at the conference. Yes. And that's how I got to meet George and Sharon and then got to meet John and um, Tim and Christina Emerson, Mel uh, Marilyn Gibbs, mm -hmm. uh, all those who started the church. And from service one, we were here. Um, about on, our, on the 10th anniversary, by surprise, I was ordained to become a co-pastor okay, with John. Wow. It was a by surprise. Yeah, uh, but later they told me that I was in the role for about two years, and they just acknowledged it mm -hmm. officially. Yeah. So. Wow, that's a pretty amazing. That's a pretty amazing story. You have uh, you have two children, Mark, who uh, and Marco, Mark, and mm -hmm. your daughter's name, who I keep messing up her. Yes. Uh, tell me her name again. Yarina. Yarina. Yes. Yeah, and um, and. Uh, She's a, a you know beautiful family. Your son's uh, he's only thirteen, right? Yes, he is. And uh, he's also kind of following in your footsteps yeah, as far as translating, because you said you told me that you were been translating since you're like thirteen years yes. old. Mm -hmm. My first time, my first experience was summer, um, uh, nineteen ninety nine, uh, and I was translating through the summer. Uh, and I see my son just mm -hmm. last week. Yeah. He was interpreting for a team. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty amazing. He's a very, very good guitar player. So he looks like he's very talented and um, just part of the worship team that's going on here and, mm -hmm. and all that John. He learns every new song that John writes, you know, Marcus yep. learns how to play it. So, but, so that kind of brings us today and just kind of, you know, right now we're sitting in, in the room, which is usually the, as we say, the sanctuary mm -hmm. or the worship space or the worship hall. Yeah. And right now it, it has been turned into more kind of a, you know, storage for uh, clothes, for food, for anything for the refugees mm -hmm. um, coming uh, through the city. So, you know, February 24th, Mm -hmm. You know, Russians invade uh, Ukraine and that kind of begins a snowball effect, you know, for all of us, you know, you included all of us, uh, those are that involved, you know, from churches that support missionaries here, that support the works that have been coming here mm -hmm. over the years, you know, that changed all of our lives uh, in many, many ways. And so kind of just walk me through a little bit of the process of what happened here, you know, since February 24th at the church. Uh, here in Chernobyl, and what has God kind of, you know, led you guys into mm -hmm. as far as supporting refugees, as support, as you know, all the different things with relief, evacuations, and all these things that have been going on. How, you know, just kind of walk us through that. Okay. Uh, well, for us, it started um, February twenty second. Mm -hmm. uh, we got we there was a meeting for all Protestant churches in the city. 
there's a guy uh, here. He's from a Baptist uh, church, and um, he's a businessman, and he's very task-oriented person. He get us all together, and he said, "Well, we might have something, so why don't we be ready for that?" First thing that happened, and we had an internet interchurch prayer meeting where all the pastors would pray for peace in Ukraine. And then at night on the 24th, it all happened. But we prior prior to that on the on the 24th, we plan to have a meeting. If something happens, how can church respond? When we came, it was already there. We already knew that it's there, there's a missile strikes and uh, armies coming and and all of those things. And it was shocking to me personally. I was under stress. It, it hit me pretty hard. But right away, the, the decision was made. Churches need to respond. We started thinking, as Calvary Chapel Chernobyl, we started thinking, what should we do? And um, uh, the, the one resource that we had is the building. Mm-hmm. It's not fully done yet. We still have second floor, and we still had a lot of things that we wanted to do. And we were preparing to make it two hotel rooms upstairs and the shower upstairs and the toilet upstairs. So we did the plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> we did the, like, we did the batteries, we did the furnacing, we did everything we could except for actual, like, floor, walls, ceiling. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's all, like, wet. It's all. So, and, but we have the space. Mm-hmm. What can we do? So we started messaging people do you have guys do you have mattresses do you have pillows do you have blankets do you have people started bringing stuff here and uh, over the period of about four or five days to a week this entire place turned from a sanctuary as you mentioned it it turned to be a place for refugees to get to spend night two nights three nights whatever they can Uh, we started with 30 uh, beds or 30 mattresses on the floor uh, and we went all the way to I think at one point there was 65 people staying at the church wow. uh, all of this floor was covered with mattresses and we would receive people sometimes at night sometimes during the day trains would come people would come they would come here they would stay the night we would feed them um, like usually dinner and then breakfast and they would go they would go to the border Mm-hmm. Most of them, they would be going to Polish border, to other borders, to cross, uh, to flee the country. So our church was became a facility that received refugees for about a month. With time, the number decreased because there was a first wave, there was a second wave. First wave were people with their own vehicles that were able to drive. Second wave were people from the train station. We have a train station where nearby the church. Um, so all of that helped us to kind of see the needs. Uh, then uh, we saw that many people would come, no, have no clothes. Um, they have nothing on them. Only what they were in hiding in the basement. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, so we, uh, we asked for help from the union of churches they brought us first batch of clothes and then we started to get more and more and more and give it give it away second floor of the building is still a refugee center we have 16 people that are living here constantly 
and about three, four people that are coming and going. Uh, we have like see, uh, beds available for, for people to kind of transferring or transferring. So that's one side. Mm -hmm. Um, other got open other doors uh, through uh, um, Paul Billings and um, David Markey. Uh, they came to us. Um, uh, I think it was about a month and a half, and they said, um, "If there is an opportunity, mm -hmm. uh, can you oversee the warehouse?" Uh, or rent the warehouse mm -hmm. uh, and and all the food products that would come that would they would go through you at first I was opposing that yeah. had bad experience in the past with the humanitarian aid uh, but elders of the church said we we should do it mm -hmm. and so we decided we would so we opened that another opportunity then we the, the got open another opportunity for medical aid um, and so now we're serving four directions, medical aid, uh, humanitarian food, clothes, and refugee center. Mm -hmm. So this is, uh, you know, you've been, David and Paul, that kind of set something up in Krakow, right? Yes. And it's kind of people mm -hmm. who are shipping things to Krakow and then bringing them yes. uh, to Lviv sometimes or just straight here to Chernobyl. And has any of that stuff kind of gone further east or just coming mainly here? So um, at first... Um, yeah, so the, 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 the chain was, like you mentioned it, mm -hmm. it was to Krakow, and then from Krakow they would load a truck, uh, like 20 tons, a full truck mm -hmm. uh, of stuff, and they would bring it here, 32, 36 pallets at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and they would come to Ternopil Warehouse, and then um, they had contacts with chaplains, they had contacts with um, uh, other organizations and churches, that would contact David, uh, they would contact those people in Krakow, mm. and they would reach out to us and say, let's let them come. And But with that, we got acquainted with uh, several volunteer organizations, with people that are um, bringing food and bringing um, everything they can to the soldiers on the front lines. So uh, we started, with time, we kind of switched from just taking and, and, and supplying the needs of those that contact David and Paul to we make the final decision. And we started to give it um, to as many people as we can. Mm -hmm. um, the needs were huge. Yeah, and they still are. And they still and they are. They still are. And, so, still are. and things have kind of, you know, um, well, that's two questions here. One was uh, you told me a, an interesting story just about how your dinners are being provided here just that was i thought that was an interesting you know side thing to how god just in his wisdom provided mm. free meals so just i just you know yeah. share that oh mm -hmm. so uh right away uh, it was an issue because um as i told you our building is not finished and we have a kitchen of, or we have a space for kitchen yeah. we don't have a kitchen uh so uh, there's a sink there's water uh that's it and we had some a couple of microwaves, mm -hmm. and, uh, and so first uh, food that was provided to people was by neighbors, by people that we know that would cook at their homes, and they would mm -hmm. bring us food. So that was the first part. The second uh, part is that one of the church uh, guys that comes to our church, he um, came to one of the restaurants in Ternopil, because that restaurant uh, started to provide meals for. Um, 
militia for uh, uh, refugee centers. Mm. So they came. We came and we said who we are, and they said, "Sure, why not? How much? How, yeah. how much do you need?" So they started cooking for us, and uh, it's it's surprise surprising to us. Those guys don't know us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I never been to that restaurant before <laughs> in <laughs> yeah. my life, but I'm gonna be going yeah. there quite often yeah. now. Um, and um, and but they are so they, they became so generous and, and and sharing and it's a good meal. It's not just something to they, they cook a really good meal. And but and we started to bring that in. Um, and when we started to receive uh, food, we also shared some mm-hmm. food products with them as well. So they've been they. One, I, I will never forget this. Uh, we received flour. We couldn't. We didn't know what to do with it because it's not something that you would give to soldiers. Mm-hmm. Eat flour. Right, right. So we had lots of that. So we were thinking, where we sh- should we give it to? And we had a thought: Why don't we bring it to this restaurant? At least a couple of bags of like fifty kilos. Yeah. So we brought them. I think four bags at this at at once. Um, and we're bringing one bag, second bag, and we're taking down to the kitchen. And those ladies like, to have some more. Mm-hmm. Sure, we have two more. Can you take it upstairs? And there's upstairs, there's a place where they cook, uh, they uh, uh, make pizza. Mm-hmm. So we take, we bring it to them and we put it on the table. And there's a lady standing there. And she's specifically, I guess she's a cook for pizza. She's just making pizza. And she starts crying. I, I'm, I'm like, what, why? Like, finally, I have a chance to cook pizza for kids. Mm-hmm. So generosity. Right. And, and since then we've been, they stopped cooking for everyone else except for Calvary Chapel Chernobyl. Oh, that's amazing, yeah. <laughs> so we're still yeah. getting food from them. That's, yeah, that's, that's just amazing testament to how God just kind of brought all these different pieces into play to, to, as you guys stepped out in faith, you know, yeah. not having a proper bathroom, not having, and just kind of just stepping out yeah. and opening up yeah. the doors and then letting God just kind of take care of mm-hmm. all of that. And yeah, it was, uh, I, I just heard stories. I talked with, you know, Aaron and Dara and those just relate to me how just the cooperation with yes. the churches, mm-hmm. with the government organizations, aid organizations here in Ternopil, working together to provide mm-hmm. for the refugees. And, you know, and there's just so many, I met so many people here since my trip, you know, from Mariupol and, and those that are in some of the, the, the hardest hit regions yeah. that have, yeah. that are staying here in the city and they've lost everything. And, and so, yeah, it's still a devastating time. And it's just amazing how God's used his body to, to reach out yeah. in a time, a time like this and, and this church specifically. And so we were, you know, we're to kind of talking on this trip. I've, you know, we've talked about Krakow and the, the, you know, the pipeline of supplies that was coming in mm-hmm. through there. But, you know, one of the things we've noticed here since the second trip was just, you know, all the lines, there's no fuel, no diesel. Mm-hmm. So people are waiting four five, six hours in line to get, to get diesel, the, there's three, four day waits at the yeah. border for trucks yeah. to come in and and stuff. And so, you know, how how do you see uh, kind of the the need shifting? You know, uh, going forward now for for ways that the people in the West can start to to help Ukraine. Mm-hmm. You know, with all the kind of these barriers because it doesn't make any sense to be 
if there's no fuel to be driving these big trucks in no. that can't get back basically yes. is what's happening they're, they're stuck there i saw a line 25 26 miles long they're all just out of fuel yep. you know and so what what how do you think that's kind of you know mm-hmm. transitioning you know you, you talked to me about costco and things like that so what, yeah. what do you think is kind yeah. of the next weeks and months so for um we realized recently we uh, Krakow Warehouse had a, a bunch of pallets of food laying there for a while. And the, the only reason why is because it's hard to find drivers that are willing to take, uh, to wait for three, four days at the border. And with that, finally, we got all of humanitarian aid from Krakow here uh, with two different trucks uh, that would just load parts uh, and bring it here. And uh, we're realizing that uh, it doesn't make, uh, it won't be worth it Mm -hmm. to wait that long. Uh, What we can do is we can get it here. Uh, Because uh, in stores, especially Western Ukraine, um, there's plenty of, like, plenty of food. Mm -hmm. uh, Because um, uh, with opening the humanitarian aid borders, also trucks with... uh, products that would be sell, sold in the stores is still is there. Mm-hmm. So uh, so now we, we realize that we have several um, uh, wholesale stores and markets that we can buy in bulk, that we can buy plenty. And uh, that's what we're thinking, that it would be better for us to just get it here mm-hmm. and, and and then people can come to us or to us or with that we have Calvary chapels that are closer to uh, the border yeah. like for instance we have a guy who is uh, who came as a refugee from central Ukraine he came as a refugee and he wasn't in inter- Internopol church for a while and now he's starting to go back and he's helping there with the Calvary chapel and he's um, actually this Sunday they're going to do the first service official service mm-hmm. in Vinica. and and he's been a tremendous he, he had a tremendous heart for people and he wants to help and he and he found different ways of different buying stuff mm-hmm. buying products buying so we're thinking that we probably be dividing we'll still have something in Ternopil, but also we'll be working with him from in Vinica, which is closer to the border yeah. And then we can reach out to, it would not take as much time and not take as much energy and, and diesel and all that closer. Yeah. So, uh, and buying it there, people would come and maybe even from the store, just we come and we pay right, uh, right, right. For, for the products, not to take a warehouse, not spending money on unnecessary things. Because those things, honestly, they are, they're not necessary. Yeah, yeah, and so that in that way, you're almost like investing into Ukraine, into Ukrainian products, yes, and, and and the Ukrainian stores, and so so that's just something for for those that are watching, you know, different ways, you know, financially might be better to give, you know, uh, not necessarily to buy food to ship to Krakow, but to, exactly so that you guys could, you yeah. know, be able to buy food here uh, on the ground in Ternopil, mm-hmm. in Venezia, those places that you're closer to the hot zones, the war zones where they don't have food. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So, so just go on, you know, it's kind of one of the last things I wanted to talk about, you know, you just kind of talked to, uh, you know, something we can pray for you and your team mm-hmm. about, I know you talked to me when, when we first arrived, like that Saturday, it was like the first day off you'd had in, 
you know, 60, 80, 80, 80 days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there's, you know, I've heard it already. There's a lot of fatigue, you know, within those. You guys have been working 24-7, you know, people just coming and going. And you it really, you know, so I know that's one of the things certainly to pray for, that mm-hmm. your team here is refreshed. Uh, but, you know, what are some of the other things just that we, we as the body of Christ, the church body, can be praying for? Okay. Uh, yeah, well, um, God has given us um, an amazing team of people that are serving nonstop. And uh, to the point where we even talk that to the point where we have to protect their day off, mm-hmm. where we are purposefully saying, turn off your phones. Yeah. Uh, just get out. Yeah, don't come here. Don't come <laughs> here. We don't want to see yeah. you here. But yeah, uh, but uh, this is something that people are, um, they are so passionate about giving. They're so passionate about um, serving and um, for strength for them, for mm-hmm. supernatural renewal for them yeah. because they need that. Uh, all of us, um, and 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 that's 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 a big big piece uh, of that. Uh, also, that there would be unity in the body. Uh, it's another because the um, enemy is trying to. I'm not talking even Ru- Russia per, per se, but mm. um, uh, devil is trying to bring division into the body of Christ yeah. in various ways, yeah. and because of that, and people are tired. And people are, um, they, they just, uh, there's too much. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, too it's much. Especially yeah. like in, at night when sirens would go on because there's a, a threat that missile would hit. Um, you can't, you don't have enough sleep. You mm-hmm. wake up during the night. And, and it, it, all, all of those things, they just combine yeah. together. And general um, sense of stress and depression, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't help. Yeah. So with all that, we, we need that unity. We need yeah. each other to support each other, to pray for one another. I, I want to say one thing for sure, that God has been doing a lot of things. Um, I know it's a bad thing to say about a church, but we haven't had a prayer meeting for so long. Mm. Yeah, because you've been working. <laughs> no, and not mm. even a before work. Yeah. Because yeah. people would not come uh, to, because oh, it's yeah, too, yeah, like, yeah. it's late. Yeah. They're after work. They don't want to come. And, and we, we would start... Once in a while, we would start a prayer meeting and nothing happens. Mm. Nothing happens. Uh, so we gave up. Yeah. We just, we pray at the home groups. We pray at the church services. Uh, when war began, um, it was shocking to me that refugees that were staying, they came up to me and other elders. Mm-hmm. They would hold their hands and they would say, please. Mm, wow. We want that. We want prayer. We want worship nights. We want the word. Mm. We want everything. Yeah. And those are unbelievers. Yeah. <laughs> so we, with all business, with all, we, we decided that we will dedicate at least two days spe- separately for those needs. And mm. today, the prayer meeting on Thursday became a true answer to many people mm-hmm. because we can finally get together yeah. and set aside all everything and just completely surrender and completely dedicate ourselves to the Lord. And and that's important. Yeah. And that's what we need more. Yeah. Um, uh, well, yeah, no, I, I think that's, yeah, even in the this devastation of the war, 
uh, you know, people, God's using that for to change people's lives and, you know, bring unbelievers to yeah. salvation. And uh, so, yeah, no, we're certainly going to be praying for that. You as a church, we're praying for that. Those who are listening mm-hmm. to this podcast, you know, we just, this church covets your prayers. And mm-hmm. this is something that you can you certainly pray for. You know, if God puts on your heart to, to give, you can do that through Whitefields uh, Church. You can give to our Ukraine Relief Fund. And, you know, this the, the, there's years and years and years of rebuilding that okay. are going to need to happen here in Ukraine. And, and Chernobyl is one of many cities uh, that are part of that relief effort. So you can be a part of that. Pray about how the Lord may use, uh, use you. Um, you know, if you want to get in any of our other uh, podcasts, whitefieldschurch.com or YouTube, like and subscribe, Facebook, give us a thumbs up, you know, drop us a comment. Or if your favorite podcast, Spotify, Google, Leave us a rate and review. It just certainly, you know, when people uh, push us up in the algorithm and people are asking, you know, about Ukraine and about all these things, you know, our pop- podcast is going to pop up and they're going to get real, uh, you know, heartfelt stories about what's actually happening here on the ground. So we look forward to seeing you again. God bless. Bye.